Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Melanie C., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, July 27, 2017, and this is a 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are studying and reading from the big book, and we are on page 75, paragraph 3, and read over to page 76, paragraph 1. Today's readers are The Twelve Steps, Karen R., The Twelve Traditions, Christine M. Reading the text today will be Jody E.Q. and Marie J. The reference numbers for you for yesterday's 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, that would be July 26th, Wednesday, is 10207. 10207. And then for today, this morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, July 27th, 10211, 10211. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Karen R. to please read those 12 steps. Hello, I'm Karen R., compulsive overeater in North Carolina, and these are the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives have become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Karen R., I will now ask Christine M. to read the 12 Traditions. Yes, hello everyone. My name is Christine M., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Missouri, the 12 Traditions of OA. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility 
or outside enterprise, thus problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Alcoholics Anonymous, I'm sorry, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn in a public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thanks, and I pass. Thank you, Christine M. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share. But we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book on page 75, paragraph 3, including page 76, paragraph 1. And I'll ask Jody E.Q. to begin our reading and study today. Good morning, Jody. Good morning, Melanie and everyone. This is Jody E.Q., gratefully recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic in, in Arizona today. Returning home, we find a place where we can be quiet for an hour, carefully reviewing what we have done. We thank God from the bottom of our heart that we know him better. Taking this book down from our shelf, we turn to the page which contains the 12 steps. Carefully reading the first five proposals, we ask if we have omitted anything, for we are building an arch through which we shall walk a free man at last. Is our work solid so far? Are the stones properly in place? Have we skimped on the cement put into the foundation? Have we tried to make mortar without sand? If we can answer to our satisfaction, we then look at step six. We have emphasized willingness as being indispensable. Are we now ready to let God remove from us all the things which we have admitted are objectionable? Can he now take them all, every one? If we still cling to something we will not let go, we ask God to help us be willing. So this is this uh, one small paragraph on step six that... uh, is short but full of good information here in the big book. So first of all, if we can answer to our satisfaction that we have not omitted anything from our fifth step, then we can look at step six. So we have to make sure that we feel complete with step five before we continue. Willingness is indispensable. I may not be... I may not even want to have all my defects removed, but I at least need to be willing to have them removed. There may be something I cling to. I know that I cling, I cling to ill, to um, holding on to what I think I need. I think I, I'm still, it's 
still difficult to completely let go of everything I think I need in life. I, there's still vestiges of trying to manage my life. So in order to um, be willing to let that go, I have to pray for that because that's not something I can do on my own as a human being. Naturally, I feel that I need to provide for myself. But in all reality, God can do a better job than I can of providing for my needs when I let go of that control and that feeling of needing to manage my life myself. So that's just one example of something that feeling that I have to manage my life, control my life, that I find difficult to let go of. It might be good to um, make a list of your defects that, as you have this, um, perceived them from your fourth step. We have the big ones. We have resentment. We have fear. We have selfishness, dishonesty. You might want to go farther and make a list, as was suggested in a special edition a few weeks ago. Maybe name them. What are the common manifestations of your fear, of your resentment? In my case, um, uh, jealousy, envy, sloth are some of the manifestations of my fears, of my resentment. So making a list of your defects is, is, is helpful in order to recognize them when they come up because they do come up again. In my case, they certainly do. And if I've named them, uh, I perhaps might recognize them more readily. So when my jealousy comes up, when my control comes up, if I've named it, if I've written it down, I might be better able to recognize it. And then once again, come back to my higher power and ask for the willingness to have it removed because I am powerless to remove it myself. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jody EQ. The lines are now open to comment on paragraph one, page 76, step six. Who would like to comment about their experience? Mm -hmm. Marie J. Hi, Marie J. Reggio. Reggio. And I heard Kathleen O. Did I hear too? Yes. Okay. John K. Anybody else? John K. And I heard another Maria one. Maria P. Laura S. Laura. Anybody else? Judy P. Judy P. Let's go with that. Thanks so much, everyone. I have Marie J. Reggie O. Kathleen O, John K, Maria P, Laura S, and Judy P. Good morning, Marie J. Good morning, Melanie. Thank you for your service. Uh, this is Marie J, and I'm in Colorado, and I am recovered by the grace of God one day at a time. Um, the, I, I love the sixth step, and I have a specific way that I work it. I, there are lots of ways that I've heard of people doing their sixth step, and and I, I just love all of them. Some people list their character defects, and then they ask God to remove them. And in a symbolic kind of ritual, they burn their list. And it's just, it's just great to be looking at my character defects and being really acutely aware of how I act out. And I have a laminated bookmark. And um, on one side of it, I keep it in my big book. And on one side of it, I have my top 12 character defects on the left column and on my right column, I have my top 12 character assets. And these are the behaviors, the defects are the behaviors that I tend to go to when I get disturbed, agitated, resentful, triggered by something. And I, I also have the assets there because I wanna make sure that I don't go into more self-reflection and beating myself up and only focusing on my shortcomings. The human being, we are all imperfect, and so there's always going to be shortcomings, but I also have assets, and I also have things that, that I naturally go to as a, as, a, as a good whole person do. And so 
this this laminated uh, bookmark that I have represents all of me. It's good and bad. And in the seventh step, we, we get to go uh, look at that. That's about to accept all of me, good and bad. But I keep this list handy because when I'm disturbed in their resentment and I can't figure out my part and I get stuck, I can look at these defects of character and write about, okay, am I in my self-righteousness? Am I in my self-pity or my victimhood? And what are the things that are going on? And I can usually then get to a place where I can see the dishonesty in my behavior and then look at, you know, what, what my part is in a resentment. And I might say, you know, a prayer out loud. Okay, God, I see that I'm, I'm operating in this self-righteousness and I think I'm better than this person and I'm willing to see that dishonesty. I'm willing to have my thoughts corrected. And it just helps me to get through working my 10th steps. And even though we're, we haven't talked about step seven, we're going to do that tomorrow, um, it flows that in that same prayer, I can then say, God, take all of me, good and bad, because as a human being, I'm always going to be imperfect. I don't have to beat myself up about that. I have these things. And I just want to stay honest and aware of who I am. And the fact that I'm in recovery and I'm a recovered person doesn't mean that I'm exempt from these character defects and that, they, that I'm perfect now. You know, things are going to come up every day. Something's going to come up. A character defect will come up and I have to be willing to have God remove this character defect in the moment and also ask God to accept all of me and, uh, and just understand that, that recovery isn't about all of this always being gone, but being, being a whole person and bringing it to God every day. Thanks. Thanks, Marie J. Reggie O, star one, you're next. Hey, good morning, Melanie. Thanks for your service, and uh, thanks everybody who's here this morning. It's great to be here, Reggie O, in Los Angeles area. Very gratefully recovered this morning. Um, you know, this step six, we're entirely uh, ready to have God remove all our defects of character. And I'm, I've been very struck going this time by the big book, by the word going through the big book by the word entirely, you know, and I, I never, I don't think I ever noticed that before in all the times I did the steps, you know, like in the doctor's opinion, it's about, and, and later on in the first step, the word entirely, we must be entirely, you know, uh, we must be entirely abstinent. And then, and then in the fifth step we were reading, we must be entirely honest with someone. If we are to, if we are to move forward, we must be entirely honest with someone. And now this is saying we must, we, we, we must be entirely willing to have God remove all the things, you know, our defects of character, the things within us, which are objectionable. And, you know, I know, you know, we, we focus on, um, we focus on self-centeredness, fear, self uh, what's that? I can't think of that second word, uh, and dishonesty. And, um, and I know that every single thing that, that every character defect I have is based in fear and, you know, and then the self-centeredness comes and then it just builds from there. But it's been a couple of weeks ago and I did do, that's the way I looked at step six this time through the, um, this time through the steps. But a couple of weeks ago, there was this one thing that started standing out for me and it, and I realized it had been something and it's a manifestation of these four, you know, and, um, and it had been impacting my life on a significant level for years and years and years and years. And, uh, and so I started working with it, you know, and I named it and this getting the word, the name for it was like, uh, it, it really resonated. And then I remembered when I used to do the steps, how powerful when I was doing the steps years ago, one of the most powerful parts for me would be this one or two defects that I would be able to identify and then they would come alive for me and then they would be in front of me and I would almost feel like they were beginning to be lifted at that moment. And and so I've started to have that experience again and have gone back and, you know, I've been working with someone right now just, just going through a, a couple of defects and it's being really really powerful for me and you know this 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 is an expression of my being entirely willing because yeah and things just started you know things started showing up at, at, as I became willing and made a phone call and talked you know talked it through and, and writing about it and you know even going through and doing a full rest of the you know six seven eight and nine around it uh it's really just very powerful so um 
And if there's something I'm not willing to let go, yeah, there are some things, you know, it's like, whoa, what if, what would, who would I be? What would I be without that? You know, like that hole in the donut. And, you know, I, I have learned and continue to learn every day that, you know, I, I you know, give it up, you know, I utterly abandon myself to God. That's the third step. And that's been a big step for me. So thanks for letting me share this morning. Thank you, Reggie O. Kathleen O., you're up next. Thank you, Melanie. Good morning, everyone. This is Kathleen O, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in California. And, you know, this step I've heard is, it's, I've heard it as um, six and seven as the forgotten steps because it, they're so short. And when I read this, you know, are we now ready to let God remove from us all the things which we have admitted are objectionable? And I thought, yeah, sure, you know, I'm ready. Okay, I'm ready. Um, strike me free of all these things, God. Um, but, you know, it's not quite that simple. <laughs> and and I realized if I didn't take this step and I held on to everything I admitted in step four was objectionable, that I could negate all the work I'd done so far and I'd never get recovery and I'd still be miserable. So I needed to let God remove all the things I admitted were object, uh, objectionable. And... You know, the purpose of this step is to be ready and prepared to rid myself of the flaws that I listed in step four. And it does take fortitude, you know, to let go of these character defects because some of them I did enjoy in a kind of a sick way, you know, being lazy, procrastinating, um, you know, thinking I was better than other people, thinking other people were better than me, um, this selfish desire for, you know, more money, more power, more food, definitely more food. Um, and you know, even having a pity party of one and gossip, that was probably one of my most difficult ones because as easy, it, it wasn't so hard for me not to gossip. I did, ha- I did have to, you know, work on that. But what became more difficult in recovery was joining in gossip when someone else was gossiping. You know, when there's this kind of a, um, this, I don't know, it's kind of like, um, when I would take the first bite, that feeling of, oh, yeah, this feels so good, um, of gossiping when you have this camaraderie with other people. But, you know, particularly, I mean, gossip is poison. If I'm gossiping, I'm poisoning someone to the person I'm gossiping about. And, you know, if I'm in the workplace, what is gossiping doing? I mean, you know, who's that affecting? It's affecting my employer who pays me in the long run, not only the person I'm gossiping against. So, um, you know, what I, what I learned to do is when, um, you know, when it comes to gossip, I would just say, you know what, that person's doing the best they can and just try to, you know, just not join in and, and it would, it would really help stop it. But, um, and you know, the, so anyway, what I did was I took my flaws, I wrote them out and then I wrote what I wanted to replace it with. And, you know, the, the obvious ones, dishonesty, I wanted to tell the truth, flirting, needed to start giving sexual attention only to my spouse. And, you know, I guarantee this step will reveal your character and your true willingness to recover, because I know it did for me. And acknowledging that, you know, ridding myself of my flaws is a lifelong job. Um, I'm a work in progress. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Kathleen O. John K., you're next. I'm sorry, you say John? I did. Hi, good morning. <laughs> okay, you might. The thing was, you're now unmuted, and I missed that. Uh, good morning. <laughs> I'm, I'm John uh, Kiernan, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Los Angeles. Wow, deja vu. I just spoke on step six on Sunday. <laughs> um, you know, I've always joked that I think the reason there's only one paragraph each in, in for step six and seven, the big book, is that these folks only had a couple of years of sobriety when they wrote it. And I know I certainly didn't realize how important these steps were until I was, uh, you know, well into my recovery. But, you know, one of the things I was taught in my first program when I first came in as to why we work the steps was the phrase, the same man will drink again. In other words, I could put down my substance for a while. God knows I've done that in the past. But if I wanted to stay stopped, something I'd never been able to do with my will alone, I needed, it required working the steps. And most importantly, I had to change, you know, and to me, 
the key to permanent change and recovery is in these steps six and seven, because I think my disease will get back into my life through my character defects. Um, and I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the phrase character defects. I think I think the thinking that they started as defense mechanisms because of my crazy upbringing. And they're really, at the end of the day, they're character liabilities. You know, they're liabilities. They're working against me now in my recovery. And uh, uh, the thing I, I uh, believe is, I, since I don't know which of these character liabilities my disease will use uh, to get me to eat again, uh, I need to lose all of them and be entirely ready. And because I don't want to play Russian roulette with my recovery by trying to pick and choose which of these liabilities I want to let go of. Um, but, you know, the other thing it says in this paragraph is uh, we will cling to something. If we cling to something uh, we will not let go, we ask God to help us to be willing. You know, I look back and I realized in a lot of these cases it wasn't a matter of clinging to the ones I wasn't willing to let go of. It's that I was blind to many of these defects that I had to let go of until I was well into the process. And 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 I know I'm I'm a big believer in going through the steps over and over because I think the onion keeps getting peeled, more gets revealed. In some cases, I couldn't even identify some of these character defects until I had gone through the steps a second or third time. And, and, and the other thing I'll just say, and I'll wrap up, is that uh, I think like a lot of these other steps, these, this step requires faith, and not just faith in higher power, but faith that if we let go of these things we've had and been using, that our higher power will supplant them with better ways of living. And I've seen this. It's it's almost like a, a recovery loop that as we do these and we feel better about ourselves, we like ourselves more. And a person who likes themselves doesn't want to do self-destructive things like drinking and drugging and compulsive eating. And that's why I think these uh, steps are so important. And with that, I pass. Thank you, John K. Maria P., you're next. Hi, this is Maria P., anorexic bulimic compulsive eater in California. Um, sorry, I'm outside. Hopefully it's not too loud. Um, thank you, Jody, for that reading. It was so good to hear your voice. And um, step six is exactly what I needed today. Um, I just turned over my sixth step to my sponsor two days ago. And... I've been in this, like, body obsession spiral for the last, I don't know, 24, 48 hours. And um, it's funny because when I do step work with my sponsees afterwards, I always tell them, like, you know, don't be surprised if you have some big feelings come up or all of a sudden the food comes up or, you know, these different kind of manifestations of your disease might pop up after you work through a step. And I forgot to remind myself of that. Um, And in my conversation with my sponsor, perfectionism was one of the things that, you know, she was talking to me about being difficult to let go of. And it's so true. It's like all all this body obsession has been about like, what am I doing wrong? How can I fix it? You know, trying to blame myself, trying to take back control. And that's not what this program is about. And that's not how it's worked for me in the past. And, and to be honest, like nothing is different about my body in the last 24 hours and the previous 24 hours. Like, this is all in my head. And I've, like, kind of come to have a relationship with my disease as this, like, little creature that puts on different disguises. And in the beginning, I could never find it. And now it puts on, like, a big orange dress or a big dragon mask. And it's really obvious to pick out. But this just showed me, like, I can still, I can still fall for it. I can still, like you know, believe the story. Um, But I feel like this reading and this discussion really helped me to see, like, this is just my disease trying to get back in again, and I don't have to listen to it, and I'm okay, and all I need to do is turn it over to God and 
if I'm willing to let go of my defects, like, I can trust that God will take care of me. I don't need them to protect me. They're not armor. And God won't give me more than I can handle and will always be there to support me um, if I'm just willing to surrender. So thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Maria P. Laura S., you're next. Is it my turn? It's Laura. Laura? Yes. It's my turn? Yes. Yes, it is. Okay. Hi. Good morning. <laughs> good morning. Uh, good morning to everybody. Thank you for your service. Uh, it's a modest group. <laughs> this, uh, this one I attend with a vision for you. Um, I'm struggling. Um, I haven't finished totally my uh, fifth step with my uh, sponsor, but I just have to read her about my sex conduct uh, uh, inventory and there's no mu- not much uh, <laughs> since I stopped another anyway so uh, and my strength and I think it's going to help me however we started step six on the basis of my fears and resentment and I'm telling you guys I'm struggling because I think I have to be I have to get ready to be ready of Get rid, got getting rid of that uh, of these defects of character, and as I heard, I love someone, some some of them, and especially some defense mechanisms that helped me so much in the past, and that I'm told now that I don't need anymore, um, especially anger, um, you know, control, and. Uh, and uh, I'm struggling because uh, I want to be perfect from one day to another overnight, you know, and uh, and to give that uh, up to, to God like I do for a, a few days. And as soon as I see uh, that um, one of my main defects of character is uh, popping up, I feel so guilty. Um, I heard someone who told me something very interesting. I don't know if it was at at this meeting, maybe. Um, Make a list every night of the changes you are uh, observing in your behavior. And I'm making little progress, but I feel so irritated and frustrated when people don't respect me as my roommate. But so I wrote... um, my seven-step prayer, and uh, I don't want to share it with anybody else but you guys. And um, it goes, uh, I, I need mine with my sponsor. It goes this way. My loving God, I'm now willing that you should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and to my fellows. Please, Transform my codependence on others into self-responsibility and reliance on you only. Transform my blame into tolerance and compassion. Transform my entitlement into gratitude. uh, Transform my unreasonable expectations into detachment. God grant me strength as I go out from here to do your biting and have peace. Amen. So... Voila, where I am, and I'm struggling, really. So thank you for letting me share, and you have a great abstinent day, guys. Thank you, Laura. Judy P., you're next, and then we'll open up the line again for a few more. Thanks so much for your service, Judy P., from Central New Jersey. Very grateful. Pulsive overeater. Ooh, I don't know what that was. But anyway, with step six, um... I didn't even know what all my defects were. You know, I only know what I know. And I believe God does reveal more as I progress in my recovery. And it's even with my fourth step. You know, I gave in this time, I've done a few fourth steps in this recovery. But, you know, each time more really is revealed. And, um, and from there I can see what my defects are. And, you know, I had this one defect. And I shared about it on another phone meeting. And, you know, I've had it since, like, high school. and I never, ever looked at it or addressed it. It was just so ingrained in me, a true part of my life. 
And uh, until I heard somebody share about it on a phone meeting a few years back, and I felt the rug was pulled from under my feet at the thought of having to give it up. Um, and it took me a few years, and by the grace of God, it's gone. But um, what I found with these defects is I have to truly be willing in my heart to let them go. I can't just say I'm letting it go because that means nothing. But in my heart, I have to be willing and I have to make the effort to not do it. And then God, for me, comes in and does remove it. The other thing I was finally able to get was how he changes our um, defects into assets. And I could never understand that ever until... You know, I really struggled with impatience on the grocery store lines and being rude to the cashiers. And I knew, I knew I could not continue that way. So, um, you know, I really asked God for help and a change of heart, and I had to act the opposite. Well, what happened? It's totally become who I am. Super friendly and patient to them. Always talk to them. And if they have their in training, try to encourage them. It's just become part of who I am. And God showed me. Oh, he does turn a defect into an asset. And, uh, you know, one last thing I want to share is when I did share something a few days ago, and I got a little paranoid about it. Maybe I shouldn't have shared it, you know, about this particular defect. Some girl looked up my name on the Avision for You list, and I can't even get into that list anymore. And she contacted me because she's having the same issue. And I was like, thank you, God, to be honest and share from my heart that, um, it could help somebody else for them to address it so it doesn't have to impact their recovery. And uh, thanks so much all for being here, and I'll pass. Thank you, Judy P. Looks like time will allow for four more people to share, discuss their experience on paragraph one, page 76 of the big book. Who would like to do that? Rod, I have Robin L., and I can take one more. Jackie B. Jackie B. Is that what I heard? Or Sherry K. B. Which one did I hear first? Sherry K. B. I think. Okay, I think I did hear you first. I did hear Jackie, but that's what we'll go with. And if there's anything more, I'll open it back up. I have Ginger C., Roz G., Robin L., and Sherry K. B. Thank you all. Go ahead, Ginger. Hi. Good morning, Melanie. Thank you so much for your service, and welcome to everyone on the line, especially the newcomer. I am Ginger C. Recovered in Colorado. And I love just the very beginning of step six. It says, we have emphasized, that's a pretty strong word, willingness as being indispensable. And that means something that I must have. And it's crazy with these character defects. You know, why wouldn't I give them all to God? And uh, they're objectionable. And when I see the word and I look it up, objectionable means arousing distaste or opposition, unpleasant or offensive. But, you know, I'm human. And my character defects, absolutely, they come up because I think I'm still having to fight this fight. And they come up in a sneaky way. So I just i am so grateful for our clear-cut directions because we get to do something about them. And usually, you know, six and seven, they hinge on these all these 12 steps, and they're in the middle. And they're really about humility. And when I'm in these character defects, I am absolutely not in humility. So, you know, I get to go back to my beginning steps. You know, where am I agnostic in my life today? Where am I not trusting and leaning into the source that I need that is my only defense before that next bite comes into my mouth? So fear is a very popular defect that comes up, and we know the only antidote to fear is God. So I get to back up and look at those prior steps, or I get to go into the deeper steps, into 10, you know, and to clean up some work because maybe I've stepped on someone's toes. Maybe I'm back into ginger in my will and uh, reacting. But we're just so blessed to have these clear-cut directions again because we're human. And I love on page 60, you know, it says, no one among us has been able to maintain anything like perfect adherence to these principles. We are not saints. And I'm a perfectionist. I want to do this absolutely the best each and every day. And I'm going to fall short. But again, we're so fortunate we've got a way to work through it when we do fall short you know we stay with this willingness it's indispensable and things work out so i'm just so grateful to be doing it with you guys another day and with that i pass thank you
Thank you, Ginger C. Roz G., you're next. Good morning. This is Roz G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Los Angeles County. Thank you, Melanie, for your service. Um, when I, to me, uh, in the big book, this the six-step prayer was like a, just a few sentences, or the six steps. And it baffled me for many years. Um, and so I'm a researcher, and so I, I did some research on step six, and I found a prayer that said, God, help me to be willing to let go of the things to which I still cling. And one of the things that I clung to was the fear of being single for the rest of my life. Because I got divorced, I had three smaller children, and was lonely raising them on my own with no help from my ex-husband at all. And I, was, I wanted to have a boyfriend. I wanted to have another husband. And all of my thoughts about being married again or at least being in a relationship consumed me and got me into two sick relationships. So I had to go back and ask God to help me to be willing to let go of the things to which I still cling, and that was being single. And I've had to pray that prayer a lot for more than months, for years. And you know, I don't really think about it too much now. I'm not in a relationship, and I'm pretty happy being just who I am. Then uh, the, I, the other part of my share is just to say that a big, the big character defect of mine was arrogance, being better than you, and thinking that, you know, I was the star because I have a, a background of uh, – I'd like to be, I wanted to be like Carol Burnett. I wanted to be a comedian, a comedic actress. And through high school and middle and junior college, I took a lot of theater classes and I wanted to be an actress and all this stuff. And I had this attitude that I would never have a small role. I would always be the star. And I never got a starring role and I never got anything, hardly. So, you know, I went into education and did other things. And I got a call yesterday from the local theater asking for ushers. And you know what? I cannot wait to be at that meeting tomorrow to be an usher at the local theater. To me, that's so that shows me that God has cut my pride down in just, just being happy being an usher. And with that, I know that these steps work, and I'm going to continue to work them. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Roz. Robin L., you're next. Good morning, Melanie. Thank you for your service. This is Robin L. in North Carolina. Deeply grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, and anorexic. Um, I really, when I'm looking at these steps, it and um, I've been through the steps a while back, but I am looking each day at what these steps mean to me today. And so that paragraph that came before where we were asking ourselves the question, is our work solid so far? Have we skimped on the cement? Have we tried to make mortar without sand? That is very much like what I do at night, every night in my 11th step. Am I trying to take shortcuts? Is my work solid? Did I, was I able to trust you through the day? As I'm asking myself the 11th step questions, I'm in effect making sure that I'm not skimping on the cement. And then in the morning, I wake up and I, I give my day to God. And um, I ask to be shown how, how I can be of service. And then in this next paragraph about step six, I love the immediacy of this. It talks about now. So now, today, is there something I'm clinging to? Is there something that I am unwilling to let go of? Um, this is talking about today, now, not when I took my sixth step for me. It helps me to see how it's operating today. And I see that the now applies to me. Am I now ready? Am I clinging to anything? It does not apply to God. Is God now doing what I want God to do? It is, am I now, in this very moment, in this hour, am I holding on to anything that I need to let go of? Yesterday, I had an experience where somebody 
literally took something from my hand and I clamped down. I, I clung to what it was. And um, that's my clue that I had some work to do. So in that moment, uh, when, when, uh, when that situation passed, I did the work and I realized that, that uh, I had been clinging. And so I let go. So um, that's, that's my prayer today. If I cling, God, show me that I'm clinging and help me, help me let go. Um, with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Robin L. And Sherry KB? Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, everybody. Sherry KB in Northern California, Grateful Recovery Compulsive Reader. Thank you so much for your service, Melanie. And welcome to everybody on the line. And we're here on step six. We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Um, what, there's a prayer here in step six. It says, ask God to help us be willing. And, you know, I've been, I, what I've noticed since working in this book that I've been prepared every step of the way. And now I'm being prepared to ask God to remove these defects of character. That's what I'm being prepared to do because I've set my, are my stones set in place? Have I, you know, have I left no stone unturned per se? Am I willing to let go of these character defects? And what comes up to me is that, you know, I have built such a trust with my higher power that I, I am ready to let go of these character defects that the willingness to let them go. And willingness is so important. It says that, you know, we, we, have, we emphasize the willingness to be, it's indispensable. So it's absolutely necessary for me to be willing to let these go. And just the objectionable stuff, the ones, the things that aren't working, um, the things that are not good. Um, for me, I know that my, um, you know, my character defects were mostly were my character assets when I was growing up and they ran amok. And so now they need to be changed and they need to be cast out. And I know that a lot of times when I've clinged to stuff, it, it gets so uncomfortable for me that I'm, I'm very aware of that I don't want to do certain things anymore and I do ask God to remove them. And it helps so much to, sometimes I don't know why I hold on to things. Um, and I just notice that they start getting very uncomfortable. And then I know that if I'm willing to ask God to remove them, God does remove them because I cannot. I, I get that about myself. I, I can't wish them away. I have to ask my higher power. And that's why, to me, this little prayer, even though it's a big prayer, ask God to help us to be willing. And um, this is a very small little little paragraph, but it's a very powerful paragraph because it's going to affect the rest of my life if I am willing to let go of these character defects. And you know what? I can't pick the ones that God's going to remove. Only God does. I can ask to have them removed, and that just depends on my higher power. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry KB. And as that power would have it, we have time for one more person to share. Would you like to take that? Liat TV. I'll take you. Hi, Liat. Good morning. You're on. Good morning. Thank you, Melanie, so much for your service and for all you beautiful people. Uh, Liat TV, recovered compulsive reader from California. Um, my experience with this step, uh, I was instructed to take it in that one hour after I took uh, my fifth step with another, um, with a sponsor. And I was told that I needed to look at those. She actually handed me a list from all the character flaws, those objectionable uh, character flaws that she she noticed through my reading. And so she handed me a list. And in the past, I thought I needed to really study this step and and being it for a few, for a while, you know, like people would say, I'm on step six now. And be there for a while until they, those, those uh, objectionable defects will be removed. God will remove them. And th- this time around, it was instructive to me, you, do, you know, to get an idea in that one hour, you know, this is when I ask God to please remove these uh, things that are in my way. And something that someone handed me that I really love and appreciate is that a sort of a prayer is to be thankful for the opposite. Not to pray for the opposite or to wish, but to be thankful 
that when there is dishonesty, it's to be thankful that honesty exists. When there is selfishness, that charitableness and, and thought, thought of others would be that it exists. And to be thankful of the opposite, because it's a sort of, it's like, this is what God, it's an option that God provides to have, you know, an honest life and all that and to be thankful. And, and it is also for me a way to, you know, bend me down and, and understand that only God can get me that way. You know, and of course, you know, the hour, okay, you know, there is the rest of my life to uh, continue to take inventories and ask God to remove them. Thank you. I love you all. Thank you, Liat TD. And that concludes the study portion of our meeting. Actually, this, actually this is the study portion of our study, um, but not our meeting. After the serenity prayer, we'll continue with greeting newcomers, gathering sponsor contacts, and enjoying scintillating announcements. So stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, I would like to ask Marie J. to please read the closing, which is page 164 from our big book. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Star one, please. Marie J. Star one, Marie J. Christine, can you me? would you be prepared? Oh, there you are. You? Hi, yes, oh, I can. Sorry. I can. I, I can. I was reading away. <laughs> <laughs> our, men, our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we only know, know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is, is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right. Great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the happy road of happy destiny. May God bless you. Thank you. Until then.